0: Oh no, I'm in a real bind now. Why? You remember I put that, that challenge on myself that I would never buy a product that had an unskippable ad. Right. On on like streaming.
1: Yeah, alright. What was Is it? Red ad? Dead.
0: It's Red Dead 2, and I'm like, shit, I already pre ordered <laughs> I already pre ordered that shit. Oh it was skippable. It was skippable. It's okay.
2: Welcome to the pre-show. Although, is there going to be a lot of pre-show today? We've already, I think we've already got bumper material from talking before we went live. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty confident there's a good bumper in there. Excellent. And in the, I already know what it is. That
0: is a oh, good shit. shirt, sir. Ah, my avatar shirt. Yes. Oh, it mm. is avatar. I
2: see it. Yep, it certainly is. It is both avatars. It is Ang and Korra. Mm. Nice. Yeah, very cool shirt. I like this one a lot. I can't remember where I got it, it was one of the online t-shirt places, like a uh, QWERTY or something. Yeah. And, for our podcast listeners, I am wearing a shirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the things you miss out on when you only have the one-sense medium.
2: Yeah, this is why you should, Wednesdays at 8pm British time, go to twitch.tv slash unprepared where you can look at me while I'm doing this. You can't yet look at my fellow hosts. Uh, hi see Windsor, thanks for joining us. We need to figure out a way to, to like, get that done. I reckon it's pretty easy. We uh, Discord has video chat in it, and I can just capture that window, crop bits of it out, and uh, if you're looking at the stream, I could sort of make myself smaller and put you sort of here-ish, oh. so, and, and I could be down here, and, and we could do it that way. But
3: what
0: what would be genius- I mean, it would be way <laughs> too difficult to do, but like, what would be genius is if it did the thing that, like, Skype does. So the one who's making the noise, it, it cuts to their picture screen. I mean, alternatively,
2: that's a possibility, like, if we used um, Hangouts, uh, Discord might do it as well, then I could capture the main window for that, and my window would still have the, um, the green screen. So when I'm talking it would look like this, but when you guys were talking, you would block You'd out. Have a-
0: our shitty shitty backgrounds
2: <laughs> yes yeah. uh so we should definitely at some point when we've all got time and like we're not actually doing an episode we should experiment with that i love mm. this idea and we should probably discuss it when we're not doing an episode which we currently are hello everyone oh. let's be entertaining <laughs> Woo. i'm juggling but you can't see it yet because we haven't worked that out
0: yeah also i'm not juggling i was lying to impress everyone <laughs> so, have you guys seen the uh, the reviews for Venom have come in? No, no, I didn't even realize it was out until today. Yeah, is it is it doing
2: really badly? It is doing really badly.
0: Really, I yeah,
2: kill surprise. I know, right?
1: Who the fuck, eh? Uh,
2: such phrases as non-committally mediocre Ooh. Uh, come in there. Um, where was the one I loved? Someone who said that the best description of the movie is a description from the comics of its titular anti-hero, quote, an armless, legless, faceless thing rolling down the street like a turd in the wind.
0: Yes, that was one of the worst lines I've ever heard uttered, and they decided that they would put it in the fucking trailer.
2: (laughs) Yep, yep, and uh, it's a perfect description of the
1: movie. 33% rotten tomatoes.
2: Yeah. And, like, the thing is, it's a good cast. How did they turn out a movie this bad? It's a good cast, but have you seen the trailer? Like, I don't know what Tom... it's it's bad. I don't know what Tom Hardy's doing, but it's not fucking acting. I was moderately excited to see this movie because Venom's fun and Tom Hardy's fun, and then I did see the trailer. Yeah. And then I became... Uninterested in
3: watching the
0: movie. I I thought it'd be interesting because it, it, it when you do something focused on Venom, you don't just have him as a Spider-Man villain. You can have him as this kind of he is kind of a vigilante. He's an yeah, he's, anti-hero. It's an anti-hero yeah. movie. Um, but God, it just ugh, I don't know. Also, when you're throwing, I'm assuming Carnage is in there. Based on some no the, idea. Yeah, based on some of the stuff I've heard, so it's like it's very difficult to do.
1: There there are oh. other symbiotes in it, aren't there? So...
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think which, what other symbiotes there are. It's like
2: Shriek and Carnage. That's all I remember.
1: Quote, directed
2: with flat joyless competence by Ruben Fleischer. Oh, competence. No. Competence. Joyless competence. Oh,
0: God. Was that just, is that just a rib on, like, that's a very German name is Ruben Fleischer.
3: That's, <laughs> that's a very German
0: <laughs> review, just like,
3: joyless
2: competence. Yeah, you're right. That kind of is, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's it. They're not good. I was just reading some of the highlights before we went on air, and I was just like, "Oh, these these are bad." I'm gonna to have to share these. See, see if you find Can one. Can Tom Hardy play comedy hyphen intentionally?
3: <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> apparently,
2: apparently you can't be heard. One second. Um, let me attempt to fix that right now. Okay, good. Sorry, I had a, a complete rebuild of the computer and some things are not set back up right oh, no. yet. That is why there was no Sim stream on Monday, but Sim stream should hopefully be returning uh, next week. Anyway, oh. uh, so after spending some time on my own trashing Venom, uh, <laughs> now that you guys can be heard, have you been up to anything this week? Uh, buying cosplay supplies.
0: Awesome. And like a shitload of it arrived today. Actually, who, who are you doing? Uh, so for for Hib- <laughs> for Hibana and for uh Halloween, I'm going to be doing uh Jennifer from Clock Tower, okay, and also Janine from the Real Ghostbusters.
1: Ah,
2: and suitably my gla- spoopy. My glasses arrived today, and they are fucking perfect. Excellent, because we are of course recording on the third of Spooptober. We are uh, the start of Kyrie's favorite month. Mm. <laughs> Uh, which is a pretty tolerable segue if we've got nothing else to talk about.
0: Spooky!
2: <laughs> so yes, uh, very much an unplanned, dangerously unprepared episode, but as it is the month of Spooktober, uh, Kyrie suggested we talk about things that have spooked us out in media. Unless that's a terrible idea for a show, in which case I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good thing. There's a an awful lot of breadth there, and we come at it from some very different angles. Yeah, yeah. From the uh, angle of the connoisseur to the angle of the person who is generally sort of nonplussed by it all.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like you're not a you're not a horror fan. So. Well,
2: I've been actually sort of having a little bit of think about that. What, with it being Spooktober, and I've come to the realization that's not entirely true. Ooh. Uh, also, yes, see Windsor. It is Mean Girls Day because it is both uh, October third and a Wednesday. So, fucking yes. Uh, I only regret that I had nothing pink to wear. Ah. Uh, well, actually, apart from um, this, so uh, uh, on, on Wednesdays we do wear pink. It's fine. It's um, May Day for me. Uh, but yeah, uh, I actually like horror a bit more than I thought. It's not horror I dislike; it's jump scares and slashes. Ah, mm. yeah. And the more I look at it, like some of my favourite media: uh, Alien, uh, The Shining, kidding. Carrie. Like these things are horror. They are. I like psychological horror. I like creeping horror. I like tension horror. Uh, even body horror to a degree. Like mm. The Thing is one of my favourite movies. The Fly. And, uh, the Fly, I love, yes. Good, See, i okay, cool. I'm not.
1: Yeah. I'm not a fan of body horror.
3: That's fair. It,
1: I can deal with jump scares. I can deal with slasher flicks, but body horror just seems, one of those things make me go, no. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can deal with some bits because I don't mind zombie flicks, and they can be quite body horror-ish. Yeah, I mean, so,
0: like, body horror is just this sort of, like, you know, the the corruption of the body by supernatural or, or yeah. alien means. and A lot of zombie films you'll have. But I mean, I mean, I, li- I like Evil Dead. Oh, wow, yeah. Now that's definite that's got... body horror. Yeah,
1: which is one of the caveats in not liking body horror. That's one of mm. the ones I'm like, I'm somehow I'm okay with this.
2: Evil <laughs> Dead falls into a catch-all <laughs> I've had for a long time. Uh, back when I was still maintaining I didn't like horror as a whole. Uh, any funny horror doesn't count. Yeah, comedy so, horror. So, yeah. Evil Dead, Zombie Land, Cavern in the Woods—they uh, should... all
0: count <laughs> should probably say like Evil Dead Two and Three more. Yeah, not so much. they are funnier.
2: admittedly. Yeah.
0: the first one is is funny, but also just has them moments. And we're not—I mean, I assume we're not talking about the, the the remake, the the reboot.
2: I've not seen the reboot. So. No, the originals are the only ones I've seen.
1: Fair enough. I have not seen the TV series as well because apparently, apparently, it's meant to be okay. I wasn't even aware there was a TV series.
0: Oh, uh, Ash and the Evil Dead. Yeah, it's, is it yeah.
1: Netflix original? No, I think no. It's, it might be uh, Hulu or something.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Ah, uh, one of those. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. Um, maybe I'll check that out if I ever see it because Evil Dead is quite fun.
0: Yeah the the um, the remake was sort of like what if we did this but played played straight rather than.
2: Uh, right. So, rather than being a funny-ish horror movie, yeah. just do it as a straight horror. Ah,
1: it seems to it's, a, it's an um, interesting idea. I think an, I'd like that less. Yeah. <laughs> it Seems to be a Prime show.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Amazon. Amazon. Okay, okay yeah. so I have that. Sweet. I I never look at Amazon Prime because there's never anything there I want to watch. I don't know. Like the entirety
0: of the like uh, DC animated series stuff is on there. Yeah. Like the old oh, Batman the animated Batman okay. the animated series Justice League animated is all on there. Yeah, uh, I did Young, not know that. Young Justice is on there. Oh my god, that is incredible. Yeah.
2: That is a great show. Actually, yeah. now I know that's there. I will be watching some. Season Amazon three Prime. is coming
1: soon.
2: Oh, I can't wait because uh, I know DC are getting their own streaming service. So I yeah, assumed so... they'd all been taken off of all streaming networks for that reason.
0: Ah, I haven't checked recently, but the last I checked was literally like the beginning of this year, and it was all on there. Um, okay, I hope late. it
2: still is then, because I want to watch Young
0: Justice. Okay,
1: reading the, the, the basic, like, blurb for Ash vs. the Evil Dead, it says, Ash has spent the last 30 years avoiding responsibility, maturity, and the terrors of the Evil Dead, until the dead, a Deadite Plague threatens to destroy all of mankind, and Ash has become mankind's only hope. God help us all. Okay. And <laughs> that you know, sounds, yeah. It's still no, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi involved, and... Yeah.
2: Fair enough. But uh, it's the originals on Amazon Prime are always garbage, as far as I can tell. But this might be an exception.
3: Mm.
2: Although Uh, I believe it was Amazon that saved The Expanse, so maybe I have to give them some credit there. Because there you go. That's sci-fi with a bit of horror in it. Yeah, I only watched the first episode of The Expanse. I've read all of the books and <clears> have pre ordered the next one. Um it's it's lovely. Uh it's hard ish <laughs> yes. sci-fi. Hard ish. Hard ish. Like they uh they acknowledge thrust gravity, inertia, uh parabolic orbits, oh, okay. um spin gravity, um micro asteroids converted into colony. like there's Uh, parallel evolution of humans in different environments, uh, linguistic evolution as well, based on the sort of collective groups that founded different particular colonies, uh, and very much light speed limited. Uh, So it's... okay. I say it's hard-ish, because there is the one fantastical element that turns it from that into something bigger. What's that? Uh, It's the proto-molecule. It is an alien... Uh, intruder into our solar system. Uh, The premise of the book is that they discover that one of the moons of Saturn is not a moon. It is a captured asteroid that was launched at our solar system uh, by a fantastically advanced civilization a long, long time ago.
1: Got caught by the planet's gravity.
2: Got caught by the planet's gravity rather than hit its intended target. And when they discover that, it all kicks off because it was a delivery system that had not yet delivered its payload. (laughs) than it
1: does (laughs) oh right okay so
2: it gets interesting and that opens up um, because very quickly you realise that the alien technology is capable of doing things like just handily ignoring the laws of inertia when it wants to um, and far more beside and there's a certain amount of body horror involved in this Mm. it has to be said there's uh, aspects of it are quite zombie like um there is there there is a scene set on an entire station that has been infected by Protomolecule, uh where the protagonists have to survive hordes of zombified proto-molecule infected people to try is and it, get off the station.
3: Is
1: it a bit dead spacey? No. No, it's not, not, not quite necromorph.
2: Not really, no. Um so It's hard to describe without going deeper into spoiler territory, which I don't want to do, because I actually really want to recommend it to you guys. Yeah. Um, But the protomolecule isn't sort of creating necromorphs out of people. Its agenda is completely separate and doesn't actually care whether there are people or not, just organic matter. That's all I'll say on that.
1: Right, okay.
2: Um, But it is then... Taken by human scientists and turned into, of course, a weapon where there are sort of proto-molecule super soldiers. And are they controlled? No, maybe not. Of um, course, that's where the real monsters lie. Humans. But that's not that's not the core of the plot
1: at all, right? Like that is a side <laughs>
2: story. Um, just, along this is the going way. On
3: too.
2: Yeah, that is just along the way to the proto-molecule achieving its actual objective. Is that the B plot? Is it? Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, so there's sort of A, B, C, D plots in this, um, and the B plot is very much the political tension between Earth, Mars, and the outer planets, hmm. and which one of them has control of the new proto-molecule super weapons. but that's all happening as a backdrop to our crew, who are just like, fuck, I just want to get through the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... It is a bit of a spoiler, but it's the spoiler for the first book in, like, a nine-book series. Right. Is the protomolecule's actual objective is to build a gateway in our solar system connecting us to a network.
1: It's like a mass relay.
2: Kind of like a mass relay. Right. Um, okay. Crossed with a stargate. Like, you pass yeah. through it and you're in the junction.
1: Instant. Which hope. is where
2: you connect yeah. to all the different rings. And once that has happened, and we are opened up to this larger universe, things get interesting.
1: Hmm. But it's Sounds definitely got a
2: horror component to it in what the molecule does to people. Nice. Not intentionally, just it was never meant to be used around sentience.
1: Right. Huh.
2: Okay. Like, one of the weirdly most horrific things I actually found in that book is there is... It's all... <laughs> It all wraps around, and there's so many of our interests involved in The Expanse. Uh, it was inspired by a tabletop role playing game. Hey! All right. <laughs> um, run by one of the authors, and some of the characters in it are just straight copies of players' characters from the game.
3: All
1: oh, right.
2: One of them being Detective Miller, who is an old school film noir detective in a space opera. Um, and he, his personality sort of gets consumed by the protomolecule and it uses his intelligence because the protomolecule is not brilliant at improvisation or solving problems on its own, but it can't reach its creators. And it was supposed to, you know, phone home and say, job done. And so it's looking for its creators it doesn't know how to do that, but it realizes it's consumed this intelligence of someone who is all about investigating and finding people, and it creates him.
3: Uh-huh. It
2: creates a him <clears throat> who cannot stop trying to find the creators of the protomolecule, even though this point in the plot it seems like they may be impossible to find and there is a whole chapter just called It Reaches Out which is sort of the thought process of the investigator which is this Gestalt character it creates from Mm. Miller's mind um, that is very repetitive in a very structured way you know it just begins it reaches out it reaches out it reaches out 113 times a second it reaches out and it is horror because this Miller is aware of itself, aware of who and what it is, where mm. it came from, and aware that it has the limitations and aware it is unable to break its limitations and compelled to continue trying. It's, it's pretty grisly. Yeah. And it's things like that that have made me reevaluate my opinion on horror because I'm like, <laughs> that's pretty horror and I love it.
1: Well, it's like mm. post the, uh, <clears throat> the top five episode where I asked you, was there, have you played enough horror games to do a top five horror yeah, games? Yeah, yeah. it turns out you just had.
2: Yep, yep. Uh, again, it was the slasher games and the jump-scary games that I had largely avoided. Yeah. Like, I now have Friday the 13th, the game. Yes. Oh, sweet. So, it, so do I. It's on PlayStation Plus. Oh,
1: PlayStation Plus, yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. God damn it!
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I spent all that money.
1: You should have known. But we can now play it. I think we should. I mean, we could stream it. You know we what we should? Dead by Daylight didn't we, last month, so. You know what we should do though? What's that? Is we that? should we should stream that?
0: Unless you guys have plans, we should stream that for our Halloween episode.
2: I am totally down for that. Yeah. I'm not sure what we would release as a podcast as a result, but. Oh yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we can think of something. We'll we'll we'll, we'll figure something out.
0: Because I'm I'm going to hibernate on the day after
2: that, so I I can do anything that night. Because mm, we will have an episode coming out on the twenty ninth of October, which is a good Halloween date. Yeah. So I'm game.
0: Cool. That was a good I idea. I've
2: spoken for a bit. Someone else talk about horror.
0: Yeah! Like, woo! Spooky! <laughs> Did I mention that I hadn't had a really good long think about things that have scared me in movies and games? None of us have. We've got no. the
2: idea and none of the planning. We are dangerously unprepared.
0: Huzzah! Yeah, I mean, do you want to do you want to take the ball and and the the scary spooky <coughs> dead ball and roll with it? I can remember
1: one of the moments in not recent years, but say in the last ten years mm. that always sticks to mind when it comes to something that got me, and uh, it was I was at my first iCon back when it was in Northampton.
0: Oh wow, back in nineteen dickety two.
1: Mm. And um, Agent Gray, do you remember Agent Gray? Nope. Big Will. Yes. Yeah. He, um, him, and a bunch of guys were gonna go to the cinema to see at the times when the Texas Chainsaw Massacre had just come back out, ah. or the remake had come out. Okay. And it was like a midnight showing and all that kind of stuff. So I went with them. Well, fuck it, why not? <laughs> and uh, over, Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Mesco. yeah why not
2: yeah
0: it was
1: something I mean I do. can think of a reason but <laughs> there was something to do and I uh, remember sitting we were in So it wasn't like in front of the screen it was like when the seats split between the front row and the first row of the the, the climbing seats yeah so we're sitting in that front row there and we're watching the film and then I can't remember which which one of the jump scares that happens in it? But well, one of the jump scares happens in it, and there are a few to choose. And from. And there is a few, yeah. And then M-
0: must have been the remake then.
1: Yeah, and then someone further down the line hit their chair so hard it made the entire row rattle, <laughs> which in turn made the rest of us jump because of the fact our chair started moving. <laughs> yes, it was like Jesus. We didn't. We didn't sign up for a four D experience. We were a three D experience at that point. But, but you nah. got it yeah well, that's,
0: that's that's the interesting thing though was like is texas chainsaw massacre it's a film i it's one of my favorite um movies not not even just like favorite horror movies mm. um, it's a very very interesting film because you watch the original and yeah. it's very i'm not going to say it's bloodless um it, it's just it's so not as violent as you you'd expect from the reputation what, the and the, and the title, yeah, exactly. Um, it's not. I can't
2: your, think of a bloodless chainsaw massacre. You know, it doesn't fit in my head. There, there is it's absolutely not, there's blood in there.
0: It's not um, as
1: bad as your mind portrays it to be. Yeah, it's and it's not
0: a jump scare movie. It's it's also it's more. It's like a, it's a movie about hopelessness, and it's a movie about uh, being completely stranded from any means of help. So it's it's a very much it's a very despair based film. Um, weird weird fact about the first Texas Chainsaw Mask film is that like it's um, I think it's one of the films that's like uh, lauded by um of all people, P- Peter Peter, however you, however you pronounce it, the 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 dickheads with the animal rights thingies, uh, uh, yeah, 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 um, as being you know it's one of it's one of the films that they say people should watch apparently, Um okay. because it basically they see it as a very like anti-meat film right um because it, it's basically like putting people in the position of animals that have no hope of getting out of the situation of you know being slaughtered right
1: um mm.
0: and it's sort of set on this old um meatpacking plant and ranch and that sort of thing the creators have said oh yeah that wasn't what we were aiming for but you know if you want to if you want to enjoy the film cool go for it um <laughs> But it's, it's an interesting way to look at it. But yeah, it's, it's a much more sort of cerebral film than the reputation, or indeed the title, will, will make you think. Um, the sequels just generally tend to go a bit more into, you know, guts and blood and yeah chainsaw riffing. Um But no, it's, it's, if you want to look at a very interesting bit of, of horror history, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is quite a, an approachable film.
2: Interesting. It's not one I've ever watched because of the assumptions.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to say, oh, there's no, there's no violence. There's no like, gore and in there. It's just it's way less than you'd expect. There's there's a oh. lot more based on what you don't see and what you barely see, mm. um, and whether that is because of intention or because like they had very very little to to go on in terms of money. Um, it, it does have one of the scariest backstage, uh, like, behind-the-scenes moments of a film I've ever heard of, though. Oh, uh, Which is that the director, whose name uh, evades me at the moment, um, was one of those sort of perfectionist guys. I was like, we're not, we're not getting out of here until I've got this scene done right. So you guys have got to get this scene done right. Toby Hopper? To- yes, uh, to- to- Hooper, Tobe Hooper, or Tob Hooper. I don't know. Um, Hooper, yes, not Hopper. Yeah. Although Dennis Hopper was in the sequel, which is very, very weird and besides the point. Um but yeah, basically they were like, uh we're gonna get this scene done right. And they're filming in this uh dining room and they're in Texas and it's right. the middle of July right. and they're on a set with all the lights shining down on it. And it's like I said, it's the middle of July in Texas, indoors, all crapped in with all the the, the crew there and all the <sighs> lights down on them.
2: That's
0: hot. And all the food that's on the table oh, is, no. is actual food. Like, it's not prop food. Oh.
2: Mm. So
0: it very quickly starts to rot. And they're Lovely. all there. And it's just anything goes wrong. Right. Cut. Start again from the beginning. Something goes wrong. Cut. Start again. And they were in there for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. And basically, they couldn't get there was a bit where they had to. Um, Gunnar Hansen, the guy who plays Leatherface, had to. Um, like draw blood you basically had this you know like a trick knife kind of I keep motioning with my hands hi podcast um get <laughs> like a trick a trick knife where you basically questions like you, press...
2: you making I can make them for you uh
0: like, imagine like I'm'm um, holding a knife and stabbing my palm I'm gonna uh, wait to see what your thing is yeah that'll do. and I'll do <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's a knife with a with like a little button in it where you press it and like fake blood comes out of it Yes. Okay. And he's, and he's basically supposed to cut this girl's finger to make her bleed, uh, and all the fake blood would come out. But they'd basically been in there for so long that he's and he was in the costume, so he was under this mask, oh, and no. big apron <laughs> and everything, and the wig. And he, in his own, in his own words, in like interviews, went, "I literally just, I fugue stated, I lost myself." And he was, and he was like, "Okay, and now do this," and I was like, "I just completely remember getting it into my head. Okay, now I use the knife on the girl," and he oh, just no. And he apparently came very, very close to just literally just stabbing her in the finger to try and draw blood. Because oh, it would have worked. Yeah, he, it would have worked. But he was that delirious from, like, you know, dehydration and the heat and all that sort of stuff. Jesus. And from the fact that they've been doing it, this one scene for hours in this horribly unventilated room. And it's like, jeez, oh, things like that, like backstage stories and, and behind the scenes stuff can be absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Uh, he did, he, like, Gunnar Hansen did also have a very interesting. He died recently, I believe, but he, he had a very interesting thing where he was talking about seeing the reviews come in when the film first went out, and uh, he said he saw someone describe it as uh scab picking of the human soul,
2: <laughs> and he said it's a he read great
0: description. It's a great, isn't it? He said. He said I read that review and I I laughed myself and went, "We're going to make a million dollars."
1: Nice. I have to say that my horror wheelhouse misses games hmm. you know? I said I tend to, I've played more horror games than I've seen horror movies Yeah,
0: and there's there's a lot to sort of again, there's a lot of different scope there in terms of jump scares, in terms of yeah. uh, mm. dread-based
2: games Yeah, I have no interest in jump scarers in gaming or movies
1: Yeah, I mean my, my earlier, looking at it, the earliest games I played that could fall into the horror horror genre would be stuff like Castlevania and uh, Splatterhouse. Oh, Splatterhouse! Sort of thing. Yeah. Because um, at that time I didn't really play many um, PC games. Mm. Sort of I never played stuff like The Seventh Guest or uh, even Maniac Mansion at the time.
2: I'm not sure Seventh Guest really falls under the category of horror. Well, and... this,
0: this this is the thing, like, you can look back at these games, and some of them have aged in such odd ways where they now don't really resemble a horror game. Like, Castlevania, that you mentioned as well, is another good example where it's like, it is just a side-scrolling action yeah. platformer. It just happens to be that some of the enemies are spooky ghosts, yeah. and it's like...
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. I just feel like Seventh Guest is a puzzle game with a lick of horror paint on it.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that that it was a particularly scary game. It's
2: not like um, Night Trap.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> Watch <laughs> out behind you! <laughs> Holy What's shit! That? When is when is that out? Oh, what the re-release? Yeah. I don't know. It was. Uh, like, it was like I remember them saying it's out soon. Right? Back in like March of this year. I, I've mm. got. They're supposed to get a PS4 release for it, because that is a that is a stream I would love to do.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> be you know sure. what,
0: it is not only is it Fright Night Friday, but it's FMV Friday too.
2: Yep, it's it fits on both. But from the uh, chat room, uh, from Sea Windsor, in terms of pure dread films where you do not know what is coming, have you seen The Green Room or seen Green Room? Uh,
0: green Room, no. I haven't seen. But my, are you aware of it? I'm not. No, I've never right. heard of it. Green Room is, an I haven't seen it, but I really, really need to. I think it's on Netflix at the moment. I have no excuse not to. Um, so basically, it is about a uh, a travelling, I'll say like a punk band. Uh, they're a, a band who okay. basically um, are touring, and they stop off at this like like roadhouse, like club, uh, in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, and to to do to do a show. And then it turns out that the the local populace is like just entirely neo Nazis. Oh. Led by Patrick Stewart. Oh. And Okay. Yeah. So like that's that's a lot going for it in terms of like, uh Um So I have I have literally no excuse for not watching it. I just need to <laughs> I need
1: to pick that up and, and look into it. No, that, I didn't know what you mean. Night Trap was released on the PS4 last year. Was Over, released. Yes. Over here? Twenty-fifth anniversary edition was it, released on August fifteenth. In the UK? It just says released.
2: Digital downloads, I presume. Yeah. Mm.
1: There's a very, very limited edition physical release. Right. But um yeah, it it's out for the PlayStation.
0: Well, I better pick that up Well, what I need to do is get a hard drive for the if PS4. You
2: can, so can pick it up. Like if was it only a limited physical release?
1: For physical release, yes, digital-wise, it's it's out.
2: But that's what I mean, is right. uh, uh, sometimes you get things like re, reissues yeah. that are just limited physical editions and do not have a digital option to make the I, physical I item more the, desirable.
0: I have the PS4 on at the moment, I'm just going to do a quick
2: <laughs> search. Well, that'll answer the question.
0: Yeah, bear with me two seconds. It's telling me that I need to download Friday the 13th, because it's free, and I'm like, I already have it, and I paid money for it. <laughs> I paid money for it so I could not play it for a month while they fixed the goddamn server issues.
2: Well, while you're checking that, I'll I'll tell a little aside. One thing I have watched that I haven't mentioned on this show yet, largely out of shame, is I did actually get around to watching Ready Player One. All right. Oh, dear. Uh, The movie is better than the book.
1: I've, because... not, I've not seen it, so... It's
2: sheerly because it has no pretense about what it
3: Yeah, it is. It right. doesn't
2: think it's anything more than it is and just leans in hard on the fan service uh, without pretending to actually have a greater meaning. There is one sequence in that film, though, that is actually brilliant. There is a bit of genuine brilliance, in my opinion, in that film uh, that has nothing to do with the book at all. And that is where the characters end up in a reimagining of The Shining, the movie okay. okay and it's beautiful because they use a lot of original footage and a lot of cg to make scenes that are authentically from the shining and also to conjure up new stuff out of whole cloth right uh, just for this movie and it's i love it purely based on the fact going in just one character turns to another and goes i never actually saw the shining is it very scary and then <laughs> oh. that character as everyone else is looking for clues, sees a ball rolling along the floor and follows it. Oh! <laughs> and goes on their whole hell ride throughout a little condensed version of The Shining. Nice. It's genius. Oh!
0: I'm. I. I, ha- I have an old DVD of The Shining, which is back at the old flat. I need to go and pick that up um, when I go down there and go back to Cheltenham in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I, I need to watch some horror this, this October. I did, I, I started trying to, last year, do a horror movie every day of October and I, I think I got like three days in and then just, <laughs> and then real life got in the way and this year I'm three days in and I haven't watched any horror films yet, so
2: Well, rather than doing every day, just go for as many as you can fit in and yeah. then whatever number it is, that's your baseline for next year I will try yeah.
0: and watch, I will try and watch 31 horror films in one day
2: <laughs> I mean, sure, you can try that I think that, Maths is going to catch up with you
0: uh, Maths,
2: the scariest
0: thing of all Unless
2: you watch multiple screens simultaneously But then that becomes kind of a horror movie in itself Yeah mean, <laughs> just sitting there in front of a wall of screens All showing different horror constantly Especially if one of them is Videodrome <laughs> Yeah, exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> But yeah, um so, yeah, the, the Shining is a fucking perfect classic example of... Uh, I think I might have shared this story on the podcast before, but one of the scariest uh, things in real life that ever happened was was the, my, the night I was uh, home alone when my family were all off on holiday down in Dawlish, and I was like, ah, my holiday is going to be being home alone for, like, four days where I don't have to put up with anyone else. Uh, I was I was an odd teenager. A moody, a moody <laughs> right. teenager, if you will. Um, and... One night, it started around about half 11, maybe midnight. They were showing uh, The Shining on, I don't know, it might have even been the Horror Channel. I I feel like the Horror Channel wouldn't have the money to get the rights to show The Shining, but (laughs) some channel was showing The Shining. Right. And around about one o'clock, so the movie's been getting on a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it's quite late at night. There's a knock at the front door. Right. And I'm like, it's one AM, and I live in. At this point, I, you've been to my the place I used to live in, uh, Presbury, Simon. Yes, like the end of the cul de
2: sac. So yep.
0: you don't go Not there.
2: Passing foot traffic.
0: Yeah, it's it's like it's a cul de sac next to a field and a graveyard. That's it. Oh, and yep. G- I, G- I feel, G- feel like, G- like being G-
2: next to the graveyard is significant for this storyline. <laughs> um,
0: and so there was this knock at the door. and I go, well, I wonder who that could be. And I, in retrospect. I don't know why I didn't look out through the curtains, because from the living room, you can see the, like, the entire front of the house. Uh, but <laughs> I, went, I went straight to the door and opened it. And it was one of my neighbours in a dressing gown. Asking if we had any sugar. And it's the only time I've ever had a neighbour knock on my door and ask if, we had, if they could borrow a cup of sugar. <laughs> at one in the morning was one in the morning <laughs> when I was home alone watching The Shining <laughs>
2: okay I like to think that neighbor, because presumably if you can see the entire front of the house from the window, yep. you can see in through the window from anywhere in front of the house, <laughs> I like to think your neighbor was just coming home late looked in and was like hmm, home alone and watching The Shining, are you? well the, the curtains were drawn
0: closed. i forget what which which way around it is but you couldn't see in oh right okay um but yeah it's the only time i've ever had you know a neighbor call for a neighborly thing (laughs) here and yeah in retrospect i was like damn that was really weird (laughs) not not scary just
2: i don't think i've ever had a neighbor come ask for you know ingredients yeah like, i don't think that's ever happened it's one of those things i always thought was just purely a fictional trope right now in
0: retrospect i'm like did that actually happen <laughs> was i so scared that i i like uh hallucinated an incredibly normal everyday incredibly
3: thing? <laughs>
2: Those are the best hallucinations because those are the ones you literally can't tell are hallucinations.
0: <laughs> yeah, like everything. if I've been looking down and suddenly saw a like a, a, a three-inch-high person trying to hack my knee apart with a with a machete.
2: Like you're yeah, confident that's a
0: hallucination. I could deal with that, but yeah. yeah, random neighbor asking me for sugar may or may not be there. Ooh. Huh.
2: that'll stay with you.
0: Hmm. I'm now also looking at the, the the side thing, a little little bookcase of of uh, DVDs and games and stuff, and saying what what things on here have spooked me, <laughs> and I'm like Jesus! That right next to each other are just two films that yeah really did it, which uh, Get Out.
2: Oh, I've, right. I've heard a lot about Get Out. Yes, it, it is a
0: fucking incredible film.
2: It's a film I want to watch, but don't know if I can bear to watch.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely.
2: <laughs> it, oh. I, I fully support, like everyone involved in the making of it, and all the the recognition makes it sound you know really, really good, and I'm sure it is. And I'm like, I want to watch that. Do I? Will Will it fuck me up? Oh. I want to watch that. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: like yeah.
0: it's oh, it's and again, I'm saying this is like you know three three white folk talking about this. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, very much so yeah. But it, it is still It's such a an effective horror film um, And just I, I, I won't say what the ending is But it was not what I was expecting to happen mm. I, Well I was, it
2: was planned to have The different ending I remember, yeah, it had, yeah. we talked about that a little yeah. bit
0: um, So yeah I would definitely recommend people watch that And next to that mm. is um, Soul Station
2: Which I have never even heard of
0: Right so um it's an animated prequel to a film called Train to Busan.
2: Okay. Ah, Train to Busan I have heard
1: of.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, South Korean zombie film. Mm. Ah. Um about basically people trying to get out of the zombie outbreak in Seoul and they're getting on the last train to Busan. Huh. And,
3: and
2: I literally heard of Train to Busan for the first time today. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Not not like right now you mean. Not right now, no earlier today. Huh. Yeah. It's one of those. That's so weird. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things that you, you say it and you go, oh, that's so weird and spooky. And then you go, well, actually, it's October and a lot of people are getting into the mood to watch a lot of horror movies. Yeah. And a lot of people are sharing that stuff on social media. And that's where I saw it. Someone tweeted about them watching Train to Busan. And I was confused because I was wondering if they were on a train to Busan. And I was like, I didn't even know you were abroad. Um, And then I looked into it and was like, oh, it's a movie. And so that's how I heard of it. Yeah. So the fact that we are having a conversation about horror movies in October and they were talking about horror movies in October, the more you think about it, the more you go, "Eh, actually, that's pretty plausible.
3: You have to go and
1: ruin absolutely every spooky thing we do. That's true. But the fact that it was that movie...
0: Yes, yeah.
2: that's true. It could have been any horror
1: movie.
0: Trains of a Sand I also have, but have not watched. Soul mm. Station, the animated prequel, is incredible. It's terrifying. It's a weirdly political film, because it's it's all, you know how like a good zombie film has to be drawing a metaphor to something. Some parallel, yeah.
2: Yeah, if a zombie movie is about zombies, it's a bad film.
0: Yeah, um, and it's um, it's about the uh, homeless problem in Seoul. Okay. It's it's literally about the the way the government treats um homeless people as less than people.
1: Hmm. Because
2: um, zombies and dehumanization go well together.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not an approach I've seen done before, like I can think of. Um but it's oh incredible. And as a lot of people say, Oh, I'm not I'm I'm not really into zombies. It, it, they're, they're, we did reach, you know, a sort of critical mass of zombie media
2: we we're still yeah. kind of in it yeah exactly so a lot like, of people like, not over
0: yeah a lot of people are just like zombies now nah, uh-huh. i'm good I'll, I'll pass
2: i would say it's over
0: um
2: it's dying yeah
1: <laughs> it, much like zombies <laughs> it won't actually lie down that's yeah. true it keeps getting back up again <laughs> um
0: but the best thing about it though is that the scariest line like the line that literally made me just sort of look to Rowan when we we're watching it just be like oh fucking just Terrified has nothing to do with zombies. It's just one simple line of dialogue that just flips an entire section of the film on its head and is just bowel looseningly terrifying. Uh-huh. Um, so it would be a spoiler to say what it is though. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know if either of you want to watch that film. Probably not.
1: Really? I know me no, no, zombies. No, no okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't mind.
0: Okay. Uh, listeners, I'm going to spoil, I'm going to spoil train, not train to present, Soul Station. So feel free to stick your fingers in your ears for a little bit. Um, basically, the main plot of uh, Soul Station is following um, this girl who's basically trying to get to safety. Um, she's trying yeah. to, uh, yeah, she's basically like trying to get her way out of this situation. If she's living this, on the streets. Is this the she's... prequel or
1: the original? This is the prequel. Prequel. Cool. That's how um, she She's,
0: okay. yeah, she's basically um, been having a really rough time. I think she basically ran away from home um, and she's uh, fallen in with sort of the, the wrong crowd. And she, I I, it's not, I don't know if it's ever explicitly said that she became a, a sex worker, um, but right. she's basically not been having a great time of things and is trying to, uh, now that this whole situation is kicking off, like the zombie outbreak. She's basically gone, right. I'm. I've. I, no matter. Even though I've cut ties with my family, I. I need to get home. I need to see my dad. Like this. Mm-hmm. This is all just fucking weird. Um, meanwhile, you have her um, sort of ex-boyfriend uh, slash like the guy who basically enabled a whole lot of stuff to happen. Um, is with basically bumps into her dad, um, who's just like he's trying to find his little girl, right. as he put. He's putting it, um, and is. He's basically there trying to find her, she's trying to get home where she thinks her dad is um, whilst all this zombie outbreak shit is going on. And the zombies in it are awful, like, it's, it's it's one thing to have, like, the blank look on the face, but the moment the infection comes in, they just have this look of absolute hatred on their face. Like, everything is just utter spite, and it's not even, like, anger, it's, just, it's hatred. It's so well sort of animated and everything. Um, there's a, there's a terrifying moment where she's basically trying to. What style of zombies are they? Uh, they are, from what I remember, they are running zombies. Okay. Um, but zombies, zombies, but zombies. Because, only because they're not they're not like decayed. They are they're, they're the infected. They're like, so like the light like, turned
1: like tw- like a rage. Yeah, kind of like
0: kind of like twenty eight days later, but they do rot yeah. a bit more. Like their skin goes sort of purplish and there's everything, a little but, bit of a yeah yeah. They kind of look suffocated a lot. Um... But there's a horrifying moment where basically she's like walking across this um, grid The basically uh, the the whole film ends in like a big show house showroom um, skyscraper like showing all these big new expensive houses that are sitting there empty. Sure. Um, and part of it is like this framework essentially like a like a metal skeleton with all these girders everywhere. So she's got to walk like a tightrope walk down this thing while all these zombies are like piling onto the buildings either side of her.
1: Okay,
0: And it's like, so she looks down and there's just massive horde of zombies underneath her. Mm. So she's like, no, don't look down. Look straight ahead, one foot in front of the other along this narrow girder. Right. And she's walking and there's just very, very tense walking. And then just this loud thump as you realize that zombies are basically like jumping at her from the buildings on either side and plummeting down and like landing on the girders either side of her or in front of her or behind her and just thwacking off it and falling down into the mass below and so it's just like okay tightrope walk but also you're getting you know rained pelted, on by zombies raining zombies but she makes it through you're like oh thank fuck this is like god it's all like the tension building <laughs> and she gets into the, this big skyscraper showroom thing she's like I'm gonna hold down here for, for the night yeah because like nothing's made it in here at the same time her boyfriend and her dad are coming up the the stairs And they finally bump into each other. And the guy's like, it's okay. It's okay. I found your dad. We're okay. And she basically like looks horrified and says, that's not my dad. And it's, it's her old pimp. Oh. And it's the most, and then you, his smile, you realize is just this, it's not this warm, happy smile. It's just this, oh, it's horrible. Like the, the, the hope moment you get brought to. Just gets dashed instantly, and it's like it has nothing to do with the zombies outside. It has nothing to do with the threats that they've come through, and it's all just, oh, oh no,
2: yeah, that's pretty gruesome. It's horrible,
0: wow. uh, and that film that... I will I will say does not have a happy ending. Jeez, um, that's the prequel. That's the prequel. Um, Soul Station is sorry. Uh, train to Passan is sort of following on from that. It's about the last train getting out of Seoul. Yeah. Sure. Um, and yeah, it's about a guy and his daughter on the train, and like I think someone on the train is infected. So it's it's a locked in, you know, yeah, uh, sort of infection like a reverse ease, yeah, infection yeah. spreads because you can't get off, you can't get out, and it's a long train journey from Salt to Persan. Mm. I think distance is something like it might be like Manchester to London.
2: Yeah, that's pretty lengthy.
0: Yeah. So yeah. That's a damn good horror film, and I would thoroughly recommend i am I am now stopped talking about it. People will not know that I've stopped talking <laughs> about it, but yeah you know. <laughs> so yeah, those are some recent horror things I've seen that have really affected me. I
1: can remember um a game in recent years that's really got to me, oh, yep, and it was um dying light oh, um,
3: yeah,
2: I've played a little bit of that,
1: yeah. So, for people who don't know what Dying Light is, it's a zombie open-world survival horror game uh, from Techland. With we, parkour. Parkour, yeah. And Techland were the guys who made the... Uh, they are the new team who made the original Dead Island game. Right. So they went on and created this new company, Techland, and then made Dying Light instead. Of doing Dead Island 2 Right
2: And have done Which was made But made by someone else
1: Yes And uh, Well Dead, Dead Island 2 uh, not even out yet Still not out They did a, There was an expansion like a sp- Ah That's that's what I, keep, I was thinking I'm sure parts, there was a sequel like, No It's like It's a continuation of the story But it's not a It's not 2 Right Okay Fair yeah, 1.5 like, Yeah Will it, it, it be
2: out before Dying Light 2? <sighs> Which is coming, what,
1: next year? Yeah. I mean, no. Because, <laughs> because Dead Island 2 has been on, been on the books for a long time. I mean, the original Dead Island has probably one of the best trailers I've seen for, for a video game. Have you seen that one? Uh may the, have back in the day. It's the... It's the it's all happening in reverse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's going from the chaos into what, into the hotel room where everything begins, essentially.
3: Mm.
1: Well, the, the trailer they re- released for Dead Island 2, especially basically this guy jogging down the street. And uh, it's in California. It's What's that famous bit of beach that they use all the time in TV and movies? Venice. Beach. Oh,
2: there's a few, but Venice, Malibu.
1: It might be the Venice beach, but it's that sort of bit. And as this guy's running down the street, you can see people getting taken out behind them by zombies and whatnot. And then, as the trailer goes on, he starts decaying. And by the end of it, he is still he is still running, but he is a zombie. <laughs> huh. Okay. It's a really cool. It's a really cool trailer. So it's worth watching, just for for the the things you see around him happening he doesn't you know he doesn't notice it happening yeah huh. so the you know the guys behind the, the, the island traders are oh, very good now dying light um yeah it's an open world survival horror game where your your mode of transport is to park all your way around the city
2: and generally, being off the ground is safer. Yeah, because whilst zombies can climb, they rarely do, and they're yeah. awkward at it. And so they're very slow. Yeah, it's very much rooftops yeah. are safer. Light is safer. The zombies become—they're not zombies during the day. They are at night. Right. So, um, so
1: yeah. So during the night, the regular zombies get powered up. Sort of thing like the. It's one of those situations where the virus is stronger at nighttime. I don't quite
2: know how it works. but Or the sun has some um, dampening yeah. effect on them. Hence the name Dying Light.
1: Yes. And, uh, I mean, daytime is a very r- relative term in this game. Whenever you start a day, it's already, like, going into the evening. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> at a certain point in the game, you get introduced to the Volatiles, which are, like, the... Further evolution of the zombie virus in this game it's when they they've mutated into whatever next is designed in this this man made thing, and the thing about them is they they react to sound. If they see you, they'll chase you, but they can also hear you. They like they like clickers from um, Lost of us. us, yeah.
2: Fuck those guys. Clickers yeah. that can see, you know? Yeah, clickers without the weakness. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they've got, like, the the of mouth like, predator, all that kind of stuff to them. And when they see you, they scream and they chase you.
2: And, and that scream, incidentally, will occasionally also attract other Volatiles who yes. hadn't actually noticed you yet, but they will hear that and also react.
1: Yeah. And... It's a, you know, it's a run, jump, parkour game, so you want to get around as quickly as you can and get to a safe zone, which is ultraviolet light. It's a safe zone. If you can get yourself into an area that's got one of those, you're okay.
2: Yeah, so you'll find occasional courtyards where someone's strung up uh, ultraviolet lamps, spotlights in the corners, and if you can get over the wall into there, that's a safe zone.
1: Yeah. Now, I was traveling through one part of the city, and I had to go at night. I had no choice. It's one of those type of missions where you have to do something at night time. And I was on my way back and I'm running down this alleyway. And then fucking volatile sees me and it starts chasing me and I'm sprinting along and eventually I remember, Oh yeah, I can hold down a button and I can look behind me as I'm running <laughs> and I do so and it is right on my ass. Like literally, it's right behind me. It's like Jesus Christ, it's so close, and it's like I see the so-so in front of me, so I'm like, shit, 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 go, 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 and I make it in there in time. But that that moment, I almost dropped the controller. Cause it was like because like, ah, what the fuck, and at the time I had a, you know, it's when I had a smartwatch, and it well. I've never been able to see my heart rate during a uh, game before. This Did was you some... get
2: one of your elevated heart rate warnings? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love when that, I had that in a competitive game of Overwatch once, when it was <laughs> like overtime and had been for a couple of minutes, and suddenly my watch was just like <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too competitive, uh, too competitive! <laughs> I was like, huh. Now this is this good. This actually sounds like a good idea to sort of track. How horror <laughs> games can affect you
2: What's your heart rate when you're playing Yeah. yeah. God I'm um, glad I didn't have my My smart watch when I was playing Alien Isolation
0: <laughs> Oh I my god I swear there's a game that's done that
1: now that's, I, that's a mod If you can somehow incorporate Your own heart rate tracker into the game <laughs>
0: I swear that is Actually A game that they've done before I know
1: that's It sounds like a VR thing uh, That way yeah, that that, Dying Light is a great game, you know. Even if you know not the zombies, but it's.
3: Well, yeah, I've it, does, it. It,
1: yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah, and for
2: a reason that you haven't mentioned yet, which is the thing that I think actually elevates Dying Light. It is multiplayer co-op.
1: Oh, that too. Yes, I have literally Very never played so. that
2: game on my own. Oh no, but <laughs> I, I do it. have a bunch of friends. Uh, same people I used to play Left 4 Dead with. Yeah, who were yeah. like, "Let's play oh, some Dying Light." And it was on a Steam sale, it was dirt cheap, and I enjoy playing with people. So I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll give it a go. And I never... A bunch of them always went back and progressed things, single player and stuff, so I was always way behind gear and levels-wise. Yeah. But it was always fun to jump in multiplayer because experiences like the one you were just talking about, Jack, they're Mm -hmm. much funnier if they're shared.
1: Yeah, I bet. Oh, yes. If there are
2: other people who aren't currently being chased laughing at you going, it's right
3: fucking behind me!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, no.
0: I found it. Never mind.
2: What, the Nirvana album?
0: No, no, the game. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it is a game that you get hooked up. You, you have a heart rate monitor on it. As a, you, you wear a heart rate monitor thingy. Mm-hmm. And the game becomes more challenging and the enemies are more likely to chase you and do more damage to you the more panicked you are.
3: No, oh, that's the,
0: horrible. The higher your heart rate is, the harder the game gets, and it is—it's a psychological horror so game. it's the
2: opposite game. of adaptive difficulty.
0: It is the the best review I've seen of it. The, the best like description I've seen of it is: Nevermind is a panic attack disguised as a video game." Nice. So it, yeah, it, it
1: is out there. The game does get a lot gets gets. Dialogue uh, does get more fun as well when you unlock the grappling hook. What, grappling hook. Yep. Did you say a grappling hook? Yep.
0: I think we should play this
1: game. <laughs>
2: it does have a grappling hook.
1: It's and the guys, you know, dying light two is coming out supposedly next year. They're still releasing new content for this game huh. to, to this day. They keep adding in more multiplayer stuff and new skins and new weapons to find all that for a game that's been out for. Three years? Yeah, but
0: that's three years at this point. You'd think that isn't a a particularly long shelf life, but my god, I guess that is where we are at now, isn't it?
2: And they're actively working on the sequel as well at the same time as supporting it. Like, it was shown off at this year's E3. It looks interesting in that it looks like the daytime will be even safer. It looks like society is starting to reestablish itself, at least during the daytime.
1: I mean, looking at it, it's the same city hmm but you've got this factions thing to it and choices you can make in the game will affect how your game plays yes and that could make it yeah it can make it a lot safer during the daytime even safer at the nighttime but on the flip side it can make it a lot worse
2: I was just trying to remember who it was yeah had gone to Techland it's Chris Avalon that's right. Um, Chris Avalon is working on Dying Light 2 and he's new to Techland he moved over there and if you don't know that name you might know the names of some of the things he's been designer, writer, or lead designer and writer on, mm. such as uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 <gasps> uh, specifically Fallout New Vegas I haven't played that, but I assume it's The, the best of the modern fallouts yeah. I, uh, Wasteland 2 Arguably the best of the modern Fallouts. It's just not actually Fallout. <laughs> I've actually
1: played Wasteland too. I keep meaning to. Uh,
2: Torment Tides of Numenera. Yeah, which I have. I, I
1: have. bought
0: it yep. uh, like a week after release when it was like £8 on PS4.
2: Um, Divinity Original Sin 2. And if we go back far enough in history, Fallout 2, the best wow. of the old Fallouts. The guy's really good at making sequels. That's very true. Uh, Icewind Dale and oh. Icewind Dale 2. Icewind Dale, I, I've actually always preferred to the Baldur's Gate games. I don't know why. Mm. Well, he also was on Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance and Baldur's Gate 3. Neverwinter Nights 2?
0: I never played Neverwinter Nights 2. I've only played the first mm. one.
2: But I think we can agree that's a, a decent track record.
1: That's yeah.
2: that's pretty solid, yeah. So this is the thing, because Dying Light The story is a bit cheese, if we're honest.
1: It's holy cheese. The
2: mechanics are fine, but it's cheese. And then they announced, oh, by the way, we're doing the sequel, and we've got Chris Avalon writing it, and everyone's like, oh, hang on, (laughs) what? (laughs) Because you got the mechanics right, and now you've got, hmm, okay, let's see where this goes. Because, as you said, he's really good at doing sequels, and this is a sequel.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think in terms of like the, the online gaming stuff, I don't think I've ever been scared in an online game. Have I been scared in an online game? Does Left 4 Dead 2 count?
2: Yeah, it's online. Yeah. As in it's it's it's
0: not a it's not a, well, yeah, actually, yeah. I'm trying to think of the witch.
2: It is both online and horror. Like yeah. I'm not sure how you can argue against it being
3: either of those well, things. I'm just
0: like it, it's it's specifically the fact that like you could play Left 4 Dead 2 offline, by yourself, and you could still be scared by the witch, I think maybe the extra horror comes into it in knowing that you're playing in a game, and there's the witch there, and do you trust any of your companions (laughs) not to go, hey, watch this, I'm gonna get the Uh... crowned achievement.
2: Given the kind of people I was playing Left 4 Dead with, no, because we did have amongst ourselves a catchphrase, press F to blow the mission. <laughs> you know what? There are four
0: hosts of Dangerously Unprepared. There are. We should yeah. absolutely play Left 4 Dead 2 at some point. Yeah, I'm
1: game. My computer this time around can play it well.
0: Yeah. Cool, I keep coming up with some really brilliant ideas. <laughs> Now follow through with them. Never. You will have to kill me first.
2: Give me FMV Friday or give me death. I, w- no, I will, wait, I, no, no. I don't want to make that choice because it will probably be death. I, I will. I need. To, I just need to know,
0: I like, I, I need to just know what the like. Uh, what's the word? I need to know what the how to put on the Twitch thing. It's I, obviously. I, We'll don't tell me. In, don't tell me in
2: the episode, though, because otherwise, everyone who's watching <laughs> will know how, and that's a bad thing.
0: <laughs> Both our listeners will know how to stream to to dangerously unprepared.
1: <laughs> go, going back to horror games, I think a big part of what's made them mo- you know a big part of, part of modern horror games has been the indie circuit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. With stuff like Slender and uh, Five Nights and SCP. I'll All tell you what, kind of actually. Is it's just... the indie
2: circuit combined with, funnily enough, Twitch. Like, yeah. nothing is going to get you exposure on Twitch quicker than managing to make PewDiePie scream in uh, jump scares.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's kicked off a whole breed of to-be-streamed jump scare games.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah. Outlast. But, oh, right. See, Outlast. Amnesia. Yeah, Outlast and Amnesia are both great. All, although I will say, Outlast Two, as much as I enjoy it, is not a great game for uh, horror. It is mostly just a game about violence. Yes, um, it's,
3: it's all
1: hillbilly esque, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Um, it's it's more a game about like the 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 ex- the extent to which people will go. Um,
2: well, a lot of horror is also about that. It, it is, correct. but this is
0: this yeah. is. It's, oh, I don't know. I don't know really how to, how best to describe it. It's more a game that just like revels in how violent it can be. So it's more more of a sort of uh, imagine if uh, Quentin Tarantino decided to do like a a hillbilly
2: horror movie. Mm. I, I think the way to describe the difference is that horror movies are typically allegorical or a moral story. Yeah, uh, and then there is just self indulgence.
0: Yes, mm. and weirdly, it's it's a film, it's a film, it's a it's a game that you know draws lots and lots of stuff from religious, uh, you know, uh, imagery, and it's it's all about uh, religion. But it's not a story about morality. It's basically it, it is. It, it's so weird. I, I find myself, like, uh, defending it to some people, and at the other, on the, on the other end of the spectrum, I'm just like, but it is basically just wallowing in its own horrifying violence. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, in terms of horror games, I think I generally tend to go for more of a, a, a dread aspect of things. So, the Silent Hill games, yeah, which which while are, they are absolutely horror, are more about... um loss and depression and the sort of the more gray and numbing parts of the human psyche rather than just mm. out and out scary horror like there mm. are definitely scary moments in there and a lot of dread and atmosphere building but predominantly uh, a hill games up until uh, basically up until the americans got involved um, were <laughs> all about uh essentially dealing with uh either problematic aspects of your history or your personality or owning up to uncomfortable truths. And it's it's designed to sort of make you uncomfortable. And uh, it's more like a game about sadness than it is about fear, mm. um, which is why I, I think I didn't get along well with PT, the the sort of the the demo that was mm. came on PS4 for Silent Hills, because that was all about scary it was all about being yeah. scary and yeah. then they they tacked on a little bit whether it's like oh and you're playing a guy who like killed his family or something mm. and they really just like just tack it on at the end I'm like oh no 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 um but a lot of people rave about it and like it's it's a great idea for a horror game and it's a really really good demo for that but it's a terrible silent hill game and i'm really glad it got canned <laughs> i'm yeah. so glad it got
2: canned hideo kojima could not make a good silent hill game um in terms of video games like i feel like modern gaming which is so driven in uh graphics and spectacle mm. has led to a lot more games being about the violence and the uh and the jump scare yeah <laughs> whereas i realized after the top 5 i actually have more of a history with horror games than i remembered yeah because way back when when the graphics and the the Sort of action weren't as an important part of video gaming. You had much more interesting narrative horror games. Yes, and I remember, like way back when I played. We've we've talked about it on the podcast. I have no mouth and I must scream. Yeah. Oh my god, I've, I've picked that up again recently. A wonderful horror game. Uh, Personal nightmare is a wonderful horror game. Mm. Um, Lure of the temptress, to a degree, is a horror. You know, it's um, but the, what these all have in common is they're old adventure games. I played a bunch of those, uh, Darkseed, we've oh, definitely God. talked about on the podcast, one of yeah. my favourites, Geiger-esque art and Parallel uh, Worlds. And, yeah, I
0: was going to say, is that the one with the art by Giga. It is, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, and I liked these because they were slower-paced and more about uncomfortable concepts, yeah. rather than immediate horror, uh, which... Uh, Turns out I've played a bunch of horror games and I really liked them back when they were point and click adventures.
1: <laughs> and I, you could, you could would,
2: take them at your own pace. That was a part of it. I
1: would play the love... horror game recently. Hm? Have I? Yes, you streamed it and everything.
2: Oh, I did play Alien Alien Isolation and streamed oh, it. Oh, I about was... that he's talking about Doki Doki literally. <laughs> club. Oh that's yeah, that's psychological horror. Yeah, that's fair enough. I still need to play that. And again, it's something that you can engage with at your own pace. Yeah. If
0: you if you enjoyed slow build dread, slow build and and sort of games about uncom- discomfort and and uh, unease, I really want to see you play Silent Hill too. I
3: really want to see you <laughs> play that. <around.
2: laughs> and yes, Phil, uh, in the chat room, uh, System Shock definitely counts as horror. Oh yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's on that. Cusp where the 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 engagement with horror became more immediate and uh, but it was sort of a shooter with Showdown providing all the horror, mm. which was fine. I like that. uh Bioshock is is body horror for sure. There's a whole yes. lot of that in there.
1: I love yeah. that. that. That franchise is a big favorite of mine.
0: Mm. Uh, and, it, and it has those sort of great moments of you know things climbing over your bathosphere and everything.
1: I'm I'm mixed that, that on first, the franchise. That, that first bit when you first arrive in Rapture in that bathroom, my cat's going insane, <laughs> and that that spider spider does attack it. Yeah, that got me for a bit. That's
2: horrible. That was one of, in terms of the original concept for this episode, the bits that really get you. That yeah. got me. I I literally I loaded up Bioshock for the first time. Yeah. Um, went through the plane crash sequence, went, these water effects are super pretty, they've done an incredible job with the engine, went down the bathysphere, saw all the architecture of Rapture, and went, wow, this is phenomenal, this is gorgeous, and then the attack <laughs> of the bathysphere happened, and I quit, and went, I'll come back to that later.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I genuinely,
2: got... I, I bailed, because I was like, okay, that was not what I was expecting.
1: First time I played it, I got through to... I do I think we even did the Steinman battle, so, like, the Surgeon battle. I didn't even get to that first big boss battle. Oh, yeah. And I put it down. And I was like, I don't know if I'm back to this at a later point. I did, and then I fell in love with the game. Started mm. the game from the beginning again. It's like, right, let's do this. And then it just clicked, and I was like, this game is phenomenal. I love it. I think, yeah, I mean, I liked Bioshock.
0: Another game I ever got, like, sort of scared by it so much but (laughs) i
1: definitely got invested in it i really didn't like the spider splicers yeah you know just 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 you could hear them you couldn't see them that's what the big problem was (laughs) it's like you hear them along the ceiling you're like where are you
0: that's again that's why i'm sort of looking forward to um playing clock tower uh for Mm. a stream at some point is the fact that you can hear things going on in the next room um and everything and you can you can hear things approaching but you never quite see it. well you do you, you do see it and if you've seen it then you're in a fucking world of trouble.
2: <laughs> uh but yeah as a franchise Bioshock I I feel runs hot and cold as a franchise. The mm. first game I think is genius. Yes. Um it was a masterpiece of engineering. Like that game ran beautifully looked incredible had wonderful mechanics and I think it had a really well put together narrative mm. I really liked I mean I'm kind of biased if you're going to take down Ayn Rand I'm gonna be on your side <laughs> yeah but yeah. I really like the way they put it together I think the narratives the structure the reveals were all done really really well
3: mm.
2: I think Bioshock 2 was a cash-in
1: yeah I mean I'm a, I, uh, I'm a, I liked it but I totally agree
0: yep yeah, it's, it's a, it's a cash-in with a very very nice special edition it was yes, I wish because, I got that. Mm, I know I, yeah. got it. I, I bought the special edition with the with the, the vinyl records of the soundtrack. Yep. It's yep. very pretty. And I've never it's, played the game. I've never once played Bioshock 2.
2: It's playable, it's fine, it's it's more of the same but without the thought behind it. It's I
1: gnashing. would say I would say it's it was rushed to print. There was a lot more I yeah. could have done with it, but it's like it we have to. It certainly
2: has problems in that it retcons a bunch of stuff about Rapture and you, you... Come up against things in the plot of Bioshock Two, and you go, "Well, if that was a thing, I would have noticed in the first game." You dumb fucks. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, <laughs> so that's a it, problem. It sets some years after the first one, so.
2: But it tells you about the history in ways yeah. you're like, "But that's
1: self-evidently
2: that, not true.
1: That didn't happen."
2: Um, and Infinite, I think. Is a return to being mechanically beautiful. I think it's a return to being aesthetically beautiful, mm-hmm. and I think it tried to recapture the the sense and um, structure of the first one and being well put together. And it might just be the difference between my views of Ayn Rand and my views of American exceptionalism, but I thought mm-hmm. it tried to be a bit too clever and disappeared up its own ass in the fir- third act.
1: Did you try? Did you try the DLCs? Uh no, that
2: after... finished off the
1: story sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I didn't because after the finish of the game, mm. as it was, like I said, I I thought it disappeared up its own ass and didn't really want more of that.
3: Fair
0: enough. <laughs> mm. I still <laughs> need now, to play that game.
1: The two two like add-ons expand it a bit more, and mm. it, it kind of brings it full circle. So to to the original Bioshock. Okay. So it's kind of like
2: I know there is. A visit to rapture in one of the oh. dlcs
1: well that's the, the the two dlcs are in rapture oh
2: both of them mm-hmm. okay yeah i knew one of them was it's but...
1: it's, it's essentially like a, i think it's supposed to be like because the whole thing of you know parallel world and all that mm. i think it's meant to be a different rapture to the rapture we played in the first game.
2: Oh, maybe this is how they get around the problems of Bioshock Two. Maybe that was a different Rapture. Totally. Yeah, then, where, th- where the things that it refers to did happen.
1: Yeah, and then by the <laughs> by the end of the the second DLC story DLC, it brings it back to the original Bioshock and makes it hmm. it's like it all connects together. It's just like, oh okay, okay, I get this. And it's just like yeah, all right. I mean, even in even in the base game, when you get that you get that bit that happens in Rapture. That
2: little view of Rapture. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That is that bit happens not like minutes before your arrival in Rapture in the bathosphere. Yes. So it's kinda of one of these like, okay, that's a nice little nod. Would you would you say, considering I have
0: never played Bioshock Infinite, mm-hmm. and I have heard people discuss that it has twists and turns and an ending that is very divisive
3: yeah
2: it certainly has that there are yeah. people who love it and then there are people like me that it will put off the bioshock franchise oh okay
0: would you suggest that i play it because I've managed, i managed i just realized i don't know how incredible this is given the sort of the current culture of gaming and stuff like that. i don't know what these spoilers and twists and turns and end, <laughs> what the ending is I know yeah. nothing about I know nothing about Bioshock Infinite at all. It's I in the sky. Say,
2: I would say yes. Yeah. Um, in that much as my opinion on Mass Effect 3 is two-thirds of Mass Effect 3 are the best Mass Effect game that was ever made. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I think the same of Infinite. Like right. the, the gameplay is undeniably brilliant. The mechanics of it are are very entertaining, very enjoyable. The graphics are gorgeous. It yep. is a beautiful city, yep. presented wonderfully. Um the narrative is for the most part solid and enjoyable. It okay. is the ending that is divisive and will, you will react to one way or the other. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the game itself is really solid.
1: I mean, you can get the definitive edition for next to nothing. at now. Well, I, I have it. I, I've had
0: it for
3: oh, years. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if you already have it, then definitely
0: then play yeah. it. Uh,
1: cool. Cause
2: at least, you know, play a good bit of it and then bail if you don't, to find yourself not enjoying it towards yeah. the end
1: like like i said the the main just by itself about the expansions it does kind of just leave you there like okay this is this is the ending yeah
2: and We're, it's it's an ending it yeah. is definitively it's an very ending. much an
1: ending yes um even with the post credit bit yeah uh but the the two expansions really do make like encapsulate the, the you know round it off in my opinion they they take they take gives you know, a little bit extra story that kind of just makes the whole thing so circ- makes it all circular you know what i mean mm,
3: yeah
1: and that's what you know if and if they never, if they never ever go back to Bioshock again, that's fine. They've they've, they've built a way so they can just keep going around and around and around. <laughs>
2: yes, you know. And C Windsor in the chat room asks: Is Final Fantasy VII a horror game or just horrible? Uh, horrible, just horrible. <laughs> it has. I swear, it's got some horror
0: elements in there. It does. I'm thinking with with Genova and whatnot. In, I, I don't in, think I've gotten
2: far enough to encounter the horror elements, just that, the horrible that, ones.
1: That whole bit in the mansion with Sephiroth. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some moments to it. Yeah, you got Vincent. He is he himself
0: is a horror trope. He is a vampire. He lives in a coffin. yeah, He turns into
1: gribbly monsters for his special he, abilities. He does. Yeah.
0: Which range from you know a werewolf and a giant demon to a guy in a hockey mask with a chainsaw. Yeah. To Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Death Gigas. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there were, like, horror moments in games where you wouldn't otherwise expect it.
2: Uh, almost certainly.
0: Yeah, like, I'm trying to think of ones that any, like, will jump to mind.
2: I mean, Heavy Rain keeps veering off into Saw territory. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where you would expect it? Uh, I guess kind of, yeah. Well, I mean... It is the Jigsaw Killer game, so... Origami Killer. The Origami Killer. That's a different thing. Origami Killer. (laughs) Man, if the Jigsaw Killer turned up in Heavy Rain, that would have been a very <laughs> different game. I mean, you could have just had a fusion of the Saw game, which
0: no one bought, and the Heavy Rain game. Um, yeah, pretty much. Both the Saw
1: games. They made a sequel? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell.
3: Um, They're not actually that
1: bad games. I mean, don't, you know, Story-wise, <laughs> it's terrible, but the actual interactiveness to it is pretty good. Oh, that's cool. I
0: say that as, you know, a fan of the
1: Saw films. I mean, there's, there's lots of situations where it's like, you know, the key is inside this person. Oh, wait, the person is alive. Yeah. Full are, of razor blades.
0: That's, oh God, okay.
1: Yeah. That's just
0: taking a bit from the first film and adding, and and just adding, and the person is full of razor blades to it.
1: it. It's, it's, it, the main character survives the first bit. And, you know, there are various puzzles as you go through the game. And the key is in one of these free bodies on these medical workbenches, and you have to get it out of them. Here's an X-ray. Da, da, da. Oh look, they're full of pointy bits. But I mean, did we did we know what to expect with uh,
0: uh, you know back with Quantum Dream back in those days? Because all we had at that point was Fahrenheit and what was the other one? Was there another one? I swear there was.
1: It was Fahrenheit. Oh, then, was it was, then it was. Fahrenheit, the net was heavy rain, wasn't it? Oh, I'm sure there was one in between. I, yeah.
2: Oh, but I can't for the life of me think what it was. Are we just getting confused by the fact that Fahrenheit had two different names? Oh,
1: ind- Indigo Prophets, yeah, pair, uh, the Nomad Soul, Nomad Soul, yes. that came first. Yeah, knew there was another one. Then Fahrenheit, heavy rain, Beyond Two Souls, Detroit.
0: Right, Detroit had a had a good uh, horror moment in there.
1: I didn't, I've not it played had a it, couple so. of good horror moments. Yeah,
0: in I'm thinking specifically the the, the, the mansion
2: um, of the Doctor Moreau androids.
0: I wasn't actually thinking of that. I was oh. thinking um, earlier than that. The the junkyard.
2: Oh God, yeah, that too.
0: When, when you wake up as your and your Marcus, it's got all the sort of pseudo religious imagery of like all the all the yeah. arms reaching out for you, and when you're walking through the sort of the this narrow gap with all these bodies on either side of you. Yeah,
2: It actually contains quite a lot of body horror, just not for human bodies. Yeah, but human oh. enough. Human enough. And and that's the point it's making, of course, is that they are human enough.
0: Yeah. So yeah, there you go. There's, there's a non-horror game with a horror element to it.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, obviously the Scarecrow sequences in Arkham. Genius. And likewise, the uh, hallucination sections in Spider-Man, which is staying so close to the Arkham uh, playbook (laughs) that it even contains a scarecrow section.
3: Does
0: does Spider-Man have a fear-based villain?
2: Not directly. Is it Mysterio? uh, I mean, that would be... Like, if they were going to do it properly and actually have a proper scarecrow stage, it should be Mysterio, and it would be Mysterio, but it's actually you get poisoned by Scorpion and start hallucinating. Right, okay. As I, it would have been much better if it was a Mysterio section.
0: Wait, did, did Scorpion actually poison people? Yes. I thought, yes. I thought, I thought his I thought his tail gun shot like, you know, acid that dissolved people. And that things. too. Oh, oh, it's multifunction. Yes. I, think it, I think it varied as they needed it. <laughs> right. Gotcha.
2: You know, that's the nice thing about a, a mechanical tail, is you can make it do whatever you want it to do. It's not limited. By you know, boring things like biology.
0: Well, I, yeah, that's what I thought about. Like Scorpion's whole bit was that he had a very limited supersuit. It didn't have very useful functions, like being able to be taken off. Wait, but that was that was. He, Scorpion, no, he wasn't can take it off. Rhino is the one dressed in, uh, in his suit. Rhino's trapped. I thought it was. I could have sworn it was Scorpion who, like, something had something to do with Jameson. Yeah, Jameson funded it. And I yes. thought, I thought he couldn't get the suit off.
2: Oh no, he can get it off. He just doesn't want to. He's a no. psychotic. Oh, okay. uh, Jameson's whole thing backfired Because he funded a psycho right. uh, Rhino is the one who's trapped in his suit
1: Gotcha Well the rhino in this, in this game he's had, to, he's had to have been modified in some way Because he is fucking huge
2: Yeah, as, as Miles Morales says The first time he sees him That is a very large man
1: <laughs> It's like you can't, you can't blame it on the suit Because he hasn't got uh, Like a full body enclosing suit In this one
2: no, you, it's got, weirdly, it's got panels of exposed skin. And I'm like, well, that's a good idea for an armoured suit. <laughs> it's very like, very it's like, obvious weak points.
1: It's like, they took, it's like they took the juggernaut and put him in a suit. Yeah. It's basically like the rhino is. Jesus. Yeah, he's not he's already as a good
3: idea Yeah.
1: It's like, there's got to be some sort of, he's had some sort of modification to get him. Because he was, the whole thing about the character is that he was a big guy. And he's not that big,
2: yeah. Whereas, uh, in some oh, seemed to have gone, Oh, he was that big, and because he was that big, they put him in an armored suit.
1: He's not nine foot tall and nine foot wide,
2: he is in this game,
1: yeah. <laughs> that fight's fun. I haven't done the
2: fight yet, I've just ah. done the bit where Miles runs away from him. <laughs> Literally, that was the last bit I just did.
1: That's awesome. The, the <laughs> yeah,
3: Spider Man.
2: I think one of my favorite things about that um, stealth sequence
1: yeah.
2: is when your way is blocked but by something easily smashable. Yeah. Just not easily by miles. No, So you, so you have to you, trick <laughs> Rhino into uh, destroying your obstacles for you
1: <laughs> and just stay hidden. Yeah. But no, uh it's really hard to think of horror sequences in non horror games. Like, I'm sure they're there. The piano from Mario 64. Oh, fuck that piano. (laughs) Half-Life 2, Ravenholm.
2: Yeah, fuck Ravenholm. We don't go to Ravenholm. Yeah, that that was a horrible horror section. I mean, Mm. Half-Life had zombies from the get-go. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a proper horror sequence in an otherwise non-horror game. I'll, I'll give you that one.
1: Have you played Gone Home? Oh, yeah. The basement.
2: I mean, gone is home, partic- the whole game is a horror. I Is like, it? That's though? the point of it. I haven't played it yet, but. It's a walking simulator.
0: But
1: it's.
3: I, it is were, a I was walking playing, simulator. Are,
1: I was playing it, and all the way along, I was going, right, when is the Grivelly thing coming? Yeah. It's
2: a tension builder.
3: It's, it's like, it's where sort is of this- the.
2: We're looking for horror sequences in non-horror games. Yeah, Gone Home is, without wanting to spoil it, it is the horror sequence in a non-horror game. Like, the whole game beginning to end is the horror sequence. But it is in a non-horror game. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. The entire way through, I was like, right, and this is when the thing comes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Uh, because the entire premise of the game is that you come home to your family home and find it unexpectedly empty and are exploring, trying to find out what has happened here. Yeah. And it is very much building on the tropes of horror, constantly building to the expectations of jump scares and the expectations of grisly reveals.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, It it does contain a couple of jump scares. The light bulb blowing out is a a very good example of that. Um, But the door
1: closes behind, yeah. But...
2: It is a spoiler to say, but not a huge spoiler to say that the the resolution is that it has just been tropes building to an ending, but that is not the ending. No. It's designed to mislead. So it's presented as a horror experience, but the actual it, It's very much like a neighbor coming over to ask for a cup of sugar at one AM. <laughs> it seems really creepy, but it's probably just innocently mundane. Probably. I really liked Gone Home for that, actually, yeah, because it's a
1: great
2: game. I, I kept thinking, "Oh, I'm not going to like this game, am I?" It's going in a direction I'm not going to like. But
3: yeah.
2: Thank you. I was using that.
3: <laughs> Be right back.
2: <laughs> I need less mobile lighting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's constantly building to an ending that is very much not my kind of thing, and then it never gets there.
1: I got another one And you I enjoyed one. the journey. Yeah. I got one for Kyrie in a Ooh. hot non-horror moment. No, Max, no. Oh fuck off. <laughs> Just, I'm
2: missing something here. It's Max, uh, Max Payne drug trip.
1: Oh shit, yes.
2: The the yeah. dream sequences. Yeah, you got yeah walk, Max Payne walk. and his never
1: ending corridors. Walk yeah. That very final line of blood on the floor. <laughs> I
0: um I was thinking actually for, for moments from a game. That I mean, we didn't make it a horror game necessarily, but definitely scared the shit out of me. Yeah, the drowning music from Sonic.
2: Yep, yeah, uh, drowning music in all platformers. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
1: like like Lara Croft drowning. Duh. Yep, <laughs> yep. yep. Drowning,
2: drowning sound effects or music in all um, games is pretty horrible. Yes.
1: Uh, another one for Kyrie. Especially
2: None. when a glitch means it happens when you're not in the water, and therefore
1: you cannot get out of the <laughs> water <laughs> oh to stop it. God. That's wow. the worst. <laughs> no, thank you. I've had that happen. Here's number one. Colonel Campbell's craziness. That wasn't necessarily scary as it was no, it's just a, a- It's a weird moment that happens. Oh, it
0: absolutely is a weird yeah. moment. Um, Simon, do you want any Metal Gear Solid 2 spoilers? Oh, go for it. Cool. <laughs> so basically, uh, you are... Uh, In Metal Gear Solid 2, you are Raiden, who I I think I went into at my favourite Metal Gear Solid character uh, list. Yes. Um, I can't remember if Raiden made it or not. He definitely made it onto the list, because everyone else seems to hate him and think he's a whiny crybaby, and I'm like, but he has every right to be a whiny crybaby, (laughs) given everything that's going on in this fucking game. Um... And no one will take it seriously, as in no one will like take his problems seriously. It's, it's perfectly summed up in the him uh, Daisy comic, where it's just like, yeah. "What is going on?" And there's just Snake going, "You know, look inside yourself. and find the truth to fight on. Then you'll understand." And it's "I just saw a vampire run up the side of a building." <laughs> Raiden, we have a we have a responsibility to future generations. No one is listening to what I'm saying but basically you're you're going through this mission with with Colonel Campbell uh the the uh the sort of CO and the mission control guy from the first game um and you're going to take out a a metal gear that's being built a giant nuclear weapon uh walker uh and then it turns out that the facility that you're in trying to like uh infiltrate to find the the new metal gear turns out that facility is the new metal gear and it's you know enormous. It, it is like the size of a small town. Um, and inside of it is an incredibly uh, advanced AI. And you basically start fucking with the AI. You, you've, uh, you rescue a, a hacker and a, a programmer who'd been working on it, who basically decides that they're gonna... You get them to help you dismantle it from the inside. Mm. And as all the systems start shutting down, the colonel, talking to you, starts just talking gibberish. I mean, like, proper balls-to-the-wall Jewish His face melts off. In in some of the codec calls, like, he, he's looking the wrong way. Like, he has his back to you. Uh, in other ones, the radar just becomes a video of a, a Japanese bikini model. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, you suddenly start... To, like, you talk to your, your girlfriend, who is the one that you used to, like, save the game. Rose. She, she rose. But, like, she just... Her eyes are just all whites, and she's just talking about shit that never happened. Mm. And it basically comes down to it that Mission Control, the people turning on this mission, it was all part of this AI system.
1: Still part of the training.
0: And yeah, and it's just like, wait, so hang on, how much of this is, how much of this game actually happened? How much of what I've been doing <laughs> is relevant? And how, and then they very quickly decided to go, and go, here's a sword. Now go fight these robots. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's a it's a really great moment that just gets sidestepped really, really, really quickly. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if that's
2: horror, but it's madness. It is. Which reminds me of one of my favorite features of a dog shit game. Yeah. Which was Kane and Lynch too. Oh!
3: Because
2: <laughs> uh, that had co-op, mm. obviously, because it's Kane and Lynch.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, and, and the best thing is, oftentimes these days, co-op is played with people looking at different screens. It's not split screen anymore.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: Uh, and one of the characters is a bit... Pibbledy. And a brilliant way to do that is to not show them the same thing as the other player is seeing.
3: Ah. So as far
2: as one player is concerned, the other is running off after and shooting at things that just aren't there. right? Which is a brilliant idea. (laughs) (laughs) And as far as the other player is concerned, the other one is completely ignoring the terrible things that he can see. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Which is I quite I, I like love that. that. I think that's genius
0: that's in, in terms of like sanity meters and hallucinations and stuff like that thing th- yeah, the thing the thing is a great one. I'm also thinking like, um, oh, is it eternal requiem? yes, hmm. the the, the game was one of the GameCube launch titles, I think um the one that had a sanity meter that you didn't see, but, but
3: it
2: was there it,
0: it was there, and it would do things like have enemies spawn and run at you. And take no damage from any weapons that you used to fire at them, and then would just disappear when they reached you. Yes, it would do things like make your save file disappear or move it around on the because like, you rest. know back in the days of the memory card,
1: it would like fake, crash the game. Yeah, yeah, it would
0: fake a crash in the game. Uh, it would rearrange rooms. Eternal when you darkness. Left them. Eternal darkness. Yes, that was
2: it. Yeah. Sanity's requiem. requiem.
0: Sanity. Yeah. I was There was a requiem and an eternal in yeah, there somewhere. They were both there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Call of Cthulhu. Dark corners of the earth.
2: Yep. Yeah. Although in terms of horror sequences in games that you wouldn't necessarily expect. No, but no. One that occurred to me. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about the franchise tonight, Mass Effect, the first Mass Effect. Oh the oh oh. The conversation uh... with Sovereign.
3: Which one uh... particular,
2: uh, the first conversation with Sovereign. Oh, it is that's... the closest actual representation as far as I'm concerned to the kind of horror that Lovecraft was trying to go with the Eldritch gods that has ever been achieved in a video game. Oh, okay. And they then completely fucked that up later by giving the Reapers an actual motivation you could understand. Yeah. But that first conversation where Sovereign deigns to talk to you, but only to tell you that you don't matter in the sphere of what the Reapers are doing and thinking, and it's like, I can't explain myself to you because you cannot understand us, and I don't care.
0: Is this, uh, is this on... Oh, I want to say T'Chanka, it's not T'Chanka. It's the one where you have the Salarian strike team with you. Near the end of the game.
2: Uh, do you have a Salarian strike team? Oh, yes, yes, it's on... Um, with Kirihe. Not T'Chanka. No. Uh, because that only comes up much, much later in the trilogy. Yeah. But yes, I think it is that mission, but it's the very first time you talk to him, and it's a sort of a projected hologram. Yes. you're talking to, not him himself. It's like, I'm ta- I've taken a form that your mind can... Uh, yes. Yeah. That conversation genuinely felt to me eldritch horror. Yeah. Just that bit. And it, it was the Eldritch gods in a way that none of the actual Lovecraft games have ever managed to get across to me.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to the new one, though. Call of Cthulhu. Hmm.
1: Uh, what's that? Oh, I saw a trailer for a Cthulhu-esque game. It's not probably Call of Cthulhu, it is. It wasn't Call of Cthulhu, it was something else. Because I really
0: want to do Dark Corners of the Earth for a horror stream as well, at some point. That's a good choice. Because, feeling helpless and whatnot, in terms of, it's a survival horror game where you don't get much ammo for your guns, also, you don't have a heads-up display. So, yeah. you, you want to know how many bullets are left in your gun? Count. I hope
2: you remember. <laughs> Honestly, in all the excitement, I kind of forgot myself. Do you feel <laughs> lucky? Pull
0: yourself out from behind a corner, point your gun at someone, click.
1: Oh, <laughs> I got a couple more um, horror moments and non-horror games. Yeah, Lavender Town. Yeah, like original Pokemon music alone. Had... I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Doo You first walk dun. into Lavender Town, and then that music starts playing. You're like, "What is happening?"
2: I mean, that's less horror so much as creepy. Putting a Halloween costume on Pokemon, I guess. But like it's not horrifying. <laughs>
0: it's not, but it's just slightly odd. It's like putting a, it's disturbing. like putting a horror it's more like it's you've got something cute and adorable when you put a Halloween costume on it and you're like, "Well, it's not scary. It's it's still kind of adorable. It's just oh, it's horror themed." But then it just sort of sits in the corner and just stares. Doesn't move.
2: So it's mimic you then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't move
2: all October. Okay, what about um... Or does, but only when you're not looking. Yeah. <laughs> Like, um, oh, Jesus, Riley Smurl, uh, the youngest of the siblings who do the Still Buffering podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, her roommate at college has done the Halloween version of Elf on the Shelf. Oh, God. It's, um, a little doll, not Chucky, but it's from something else. Right. Like Anna- Annabelle? What. No. That's the, the, the one the kids are into these days. Uh, I don't think so. But anyway. Yeah. Um, it's, it's their Halloween elf on a shelf. So, she'll, whenever the others are out, just rearrange it in a new location. Nice. do Something else horrible. Awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, the Winter Lodge from Fable 2. Yes. <gasps> Fuck that place so much. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's completely unexpected.
2: In fact, oh, and weirdly, the hotel in uh, Vampire Bloodlines. Yes. Which, whilst intrinsically a horror game throughout, mm. has a horror section. Cause it's suddenly
0: it's it's you are the monster, you are the thing in the dark, and then you get to this point is <laughs> oh,
2: And then you're in a haunted house and there's not a lot you can do against a ghost. Yep. And there's a shitload they can do against you. Yep.
1: Oh in, fuck it, that. In that in that vein of you know inherently has some sort of thing, horror thing to it. You've got like the bottom of the well and the shadow temple from ocarina of time
0: yeah a lot of, a lot of the stuff from ocarina actually i would say just about the ghost house in in bloodlines actually because mm. i replayed bloodlines uh a couple of months back i think it's one of those moments of of you know childhood is over kind of thing is playing the the the, the ghost that the haunted house and i wasn't that scared of it anymore
3: oh and it's like
0: oh it's it's because I've played it so many times that yeah. <laughs> it's worn me down, and I'm like, "Oh no, I I will never know that like thrill and fear again." That's really sad.
2: Did the werewolf still shit you up though? No, I killed it. Well, you meant to kill it, but you meant to be a little well, bit panicked before I didn't, you do. I
0: didn't realize. I didn't realize you
2: could kill that it. You can shut the observatory door on it. Never knew that until this playthrough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes. Well, you can.
2: Yeah, And uh, spoilers, but also tip for anyone listening, if you want to kill the werewolf in Bloodlines, close the observatory door on it. I was going to say,
0: it's it's really fucking hard, but guess what? This is the first time I played a character that didn't have celerity, so you know what? It's it's less hard than running away from the bastards.
2: It is, that's true.
0: Although I found that when I was trying to kill him, when I was standing on the observatory platform waiting for him, he just wouldn't turn up and it spent like a minute and a half of just going, where the fuck is he? If I was actually to- quite good
2: horror in and of itself.
0: Yeah, like, you know I, out there and I know it's out there. I know there's a nine foot, I know there's a nine snarling death monster out there that wants to <laughs> eat my face. But where is it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Bloodlines had those moments. There was another one. I swear, in Bloodlines, there was the, um, the 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 House.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's which, true. That's another sort of fuck with your head moment. Yeah, which doesn't look that bad from the outside of it.
0: Um any, any moment where you suddenly all of your like your great otherworldly powers get taken away, um mm. when you get kidnapped in Chinatown by the like they're not vampire hunters, but they are like a, a syndicate, I think they're called the syndicate, the organization that's like researching yes. uh supernatural goings-on, um, and you're basically just put through chambers designed to kill you to see how much vampires can do. Yes, and it, suddenly, it becomes all RPG action after that because you bust out and start eating everyone. Well, you you do if you're me, anyway. Um, But then I played at Bali, so, you know, it's going to happen, I guess. Um, But yeah, Vampire the Master had those really great moments of going, we're an RPG, we're a horror RPG, but you are the horror. um, And they're just dropping in those little moments of going, yeah, you're not alone in the the world of darkness. There are (laughs) werewolves and ghosts and a were-shark. I miss that guy.
3: <laughs> Zag-
0: Zagina. I need to figure out what clan I'm going to play as when I do the stream
2: for that. Malkavian, obviously.
0: Malkavian would be great, but I think for for like just introducing people into it. Also, I can't pick any of the vanilla clans, unfortunately, because like the mods that make the game work just introduce a whole bunch of new clans and replace the old ones. Oh, do they replace them? Cause... Yeah, you can only have seven at a time. Hmm. So they basically take out all the classic ones and replace them with Followers of Set, Bali, Asamite, Ishtari, and Samadhi. Okay, because Torridor was always a
2: good one for a vanilla-ish playthrough.
0: Torridor's a great one, because you, you get celerity and you get
2: presence. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I went with
2: Torridor. Yeah. and, and, and Celerity all and, also and presence one. are an awesome combination, and all specs is invaluable yeah they actually uh the
0: mods that i've got that again make the game work properly um yes actually do tweak certain things where if you it, well it, it like it's more prone to crashing uh without them and the ending just becomes ridiculously difficult
2: without them um, yep. it's not like unplayable, although but there are parts of it that are unplayable. That's where the first community patch arose ah yes yeah. uh, there were especially around the hotel, actually, the sewer uh, leading into it was impassable yes, I, in fact, I
0: found when i was when I was picking the lock on it because even though I got given the key, it went into the lock picking animation for some reason. I mm. walked to the other side of the door, okay, and picked the lock from the other side. <laughs> And then walked back to the other side and opened it. I'm like, what the f- If I could do that, what- You know what, never mind, I'm just gonna going to That's the
2: opposite to the impassable problem.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> they've, they've, they've added things to discipline. So, like, if you have loads of- uh, After a certain level of presence, mm. it automatically just increases your um, charisma and socialized ice pool when talking to people. Okay. If you have lots of aspects, specs, it increases your investigation. You don't need to turn it on, it's just, like, background-level stuff. mm Hmm. Um, and things like that, and like not having to spend blood to fuel certain disciplines, like potence and fortitude and that sort of stuff, the stuff that in the tabletop game doesn't require blood to use, yes, in the video game now doesn't require blood to use little little touches like that, and I've been asked, do I hate the wear shark uh I don't hate the wear shark it's a it's a fairly fun uh boss fight,
2: but do you hate the concept of wear
0: sharks? Well no cuz that's 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 an existing thing in certain cultures. Probably. Cool.
2: I'm glad you don't.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would never let someone play a wear shark if I was running a campaign <laughs> of some.
2: <laughs> but I'll put that to the test at some but point. But
0: that's that's less to do with the fact that they are wear sharks, more to do with the fact that like the way the wear sharks are written is they don't work as player characters.
2: I'll make it work.
0: Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> also, also, the Shark has one of the best bit, like back and forth bits of dialogue in that game. If you're playing as a Malkavian, because he props up from behind a corner, having lured you into his trap, and his opening bit of dialogue is is an evil, uh, like an evil genius laugh, where he's like, he knows he's tricked. He's like, <laughs> and as a Malkavian, you have the chance to respond with your own maniacal laugh. As your like, just your bit of dialogue back to him is laughing in turn. So you start laughing. He continues laughing. You can continue laughing too. Then he stops <laughs> laughing, and you can continue to laugh. And he just stands there in silence, waiting for you to stop
2: laughing. That's that's a pretty accurate Malkavian thing to do. Yeah,
0: it's also having played the barley in that. I've now seen what happens when you have a low enough humanity when going and talking to Mister Ox. The guy gives you oh. the, the missions in uh, in Chinatown, where he like asks you to put like a bad luck charm in someone's locker, and they mm. find out, and they like see you ste- sneaking into their locker, so they try and beat you up, and you have to kill them. So yes, I guess they did get bad luck. Um, one of the things he asks you to do is basically go and find a the body of an informant that the the, the local tong killed, mm. and get his eyes like literally scoop his eyes out of his head and bring them back to him, so he can like keep them in a jar. Yeah, oh. yeah, and like. <clears throat> He gives you this mission, and it's a side quest. And of course, it being a side quest in an RPG, your options are say yes or say no. You can turn down any side quest that comes along. Does the
2: no option turn off with the Bali?
0: If you're a Bali, you... Well, it's not even... I don't know if it was just because I was a Bali or because my humanity was like three or four at this point. Um, But basically, the three dialogue options were, sure, I've got some time to kill. Or... um, That's absolutely disgusting. I'll do it. <laughs> and number three was Eyes. Huh. Never stolen Eyes before. Well, first time for everything, I guess.
2: Okay, I would have gone with that one.
0: Yeah, that's the one I went with. It's just the Eyes. Huh. Never stolen Eyes before.
1: So, yeah, that will be a fun one. Cool. I found figured out the name of that Cthulhu esque game that wasn't just Cooler Cthulhu. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Sinking City. I heard, heard of this one. Never right. heard of that. Uh, I, I dropped the trailer in the, the chat there because it's it's a great little cinematic trailer they've designed for it. Okay, it's a, it's a uh, randomly generated open world, Lovecraft, hidden Cthulhu game.
3: <laughs> Wait, what?
2: I mean, it's a rich mythos, and as far as I can remember, it's public domain. So why yep. not? And if you can just sidestep the racism, there's a lot in there, which a lot of writers did
0: uh, as time went on. Just went yeah, right, let's absolutely. Just, uh, let's there was a lot of on. writers
2: who were fans of the horror of Cthulhu, but wanted to see it done without the racism, and because it was public <laughs> domain, could. Yep.
0: I have I have seen people mentioning about it being like, oh yeah, but at the time, and I'm like, no, no. H.B. So Lovecraft even for the time. <laughs> HB he was, a was racist, racist. He was racist for the twenties. <laughs>
2: Truth. And I apologize. He wins it. Yeah, the the volume on that trailer was really loud when I cut to it, so I do apologize for that.
0: <laughs> but in our defense, you shouldn't be going to another tab. All of your attention yeah, should attention. be focused on us.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is your punishment. <laughs> I'm sorry. And for listeners, we just watched the trailer for Sinking City, which is an interesting looking horror game, definitely in Mm. the Cthulhu mythos.
1: and It's a detective game of some kind, but the the city is apparently completely randomly generated. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
2: Procedural generation rears its head again. Mm. When it works well, it works well. When it works badly, it's hilarious
0: you know what else is a great I just realized a great game that has some horror elements in it, but it's not inherently a horror game? Mm-hmm. The new Fallout series. As in like the newer game. I mean the older yeah, games as well, but I'm thinking fair. I'm Dunwich. thinking Fallout 3. Yep. Going into a vault. Which
3: Gary, we've not and you just
0: hear in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> vault
3: play <3 too. laughs> two.
0: Yeah, just just Ah, Gary. <laughs> that fucking vault,
2: and also as Zoe says, the plant vault is also very horror based. Yeah,
0: is, is that the one with like the is that the one with Oh, I've not the one okay. with the
2: giant mantises and things. Ah, uh, I've not, I've not and played New Spore Vegas. carriers.
0: Yeah, I wait. I have played New Vegas. I played, I played uh, Kane very briefly, the character with ten strength and one intelligence. Yeah, you're playing <laughs> um, that at mine. and I I solved all of my problems by just throwing dynamite at everything punching stuff (laughs)
2: Um, that reminds me of a quote one of my favourite quotes from The Good Place from Jason is this the Molotov cocktail? Yeah. yeah, every time I had a problem in my life I throw a Molotov cocktail at it and boom for a problem,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is essentially my approach to the Fallout games. I'm gonna place in new Vegas at some point.
2: It's the best of the modern Fallout games, it's way far. It's the closest to the tone of the originals and uh holds up now, even against the sort of newer Fallout 4, which I think was a lot weaker. Yeah, yeah. And there's
1: no real good ending to it.
2: No, <laughs> oh, there is. I don't know, it's, it's hard to get. But there is. The good, ending the, the, the good ending the good, is good ending is where I then?
0: is the good ending is where I eat Kaiser's Legion.
2: Uh the good ending is where you are in charge. Oh I suppose. <inaudible>
3: it's not hard.
2: Yeah, it's it's the So it's he the keeps S- going on about how it's the first one she got and she got it by accident, is even yes, though it's Man the hardest then. one to get. It's
1: not hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's that's not the not Yes Man ending, is isn't
0: it? I feel like I feel like I should point out any game in which it ends with me taking over is not the good ending. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Make sure you have ten points in charisma and ten points in luck.
2: And huh. <laughs> Seems fair. Yeah, it's a damn good game. I thoroughly recommend yeah, you, it's Vegas. My fa-
1: it's my favourite of the Fallouts.
2: It's the only one of the new Fallouts I would go back to. I
1: have? I have as well. I went back to play it for the, on the PS3 and the PS3 version is buggy as shit. <laughs> I've gone back to play it on the
2: PC multiple times because mods make it a uh, never-ending, interesting, yeah. different experience.
1: I, just needed to, I needed to finish it because I started it way back when I got my PS3. Yeah. And then I managed to pick up the Ultimate Edition for next to nothing. That was as you do. Yeah. And then... uh I was like, I really should go back and finish that. So I did. And then uh, oh, it was so bad on the PS3 that I could only play it for like half an hour to 40 minutes where before I'd have to save the game, <laughs> quit the game, to because re- the frames would drop, and just the game would freeze horrendously. And I'd have to re the game to carry yeah. on playing. It's like, oh my There's god. There's
2: a reason people keep saying Bethesda need to get a fucking new game engine, and they really do. Mm. Right. Gentlemen.
1: At least they
0: don't all have Oblivion fixed anymore. Oh, that is, oh god. god. That's true. That's true, yes. They have they improved that. Stare blankly as everything goes on around them.
2: <laughs> but yes, I I think I was about to say what Kairi might be about to say, which is that this seems like a good place to leave it for the we've, night. We've been yeah. speaking
0: for two hours, and there is clearly a lot more to talk about. There is. Yeah. So shall we continue Spooktober next Wednesday?
2: I think we shall. I think we are going to have a, a month of Spooktacular Spooktober episodes.
0: Yes, I, I shall Woo! be ready. Soon. <laughs> I'm going to try and do some recording of stuff to put on the YouTube channel for, for Spooktober.
2: I not, like, not like... Of that. I will help you with that. Excellent.
1: Do we still use our YouTube channel? Uh,
2: technically, I could export all of the stuff that we do on Twitch, like Zoe's streams and things over to it. So, yes, let's export a bunch of stuff over to the YouTube channel and do that. Hurrah. Excellent. Cool. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. Yes, we, we have a YouTube channel. Um, Uh, We also have twitch.tv slash Dangerously Unprepared and we're on Twitter at Unprepared Show and we are on Facebook as Dangerously Unprepared so come get in touch, chat with us. We are also on Discord. Please join the server via the link on our Twitch page.
1: We should do some horror Jackbox gaming. We should do some horror themed Jackbox gaming. Yeah! I
2: like the sound of that. Yes! I'm all right Uh, with this idea. Keep an eye on social media for announcements to come about that. They will be sporadic. They, They will be. Yes, that, that could happen at a moment's notice. So you need to get dialed in and listening to our Twitter at
0: dangerouslyunprepared.twitch.tv slash dangerouslytv. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was doing so uh, well. I, I love when you're helpful. Uh, <laughs> so get in touch, interact. Uh, we, we love being able to talk to you guys when we're not just streaming, but at all sorts of times, randomly. I love, I love
0: the I do love the Discord. I keep trying to use it at work. Not, like, while I'm working, but, like, you know, on my, on my like, little <laughs> coffee breaks and stuff like that. I like to go on there, and then I say a thing, and then I'm like, why has no one responded to my hilarity yet? I haven't seen you say anything, that's why. Oh, for
3: fuck's sake. <laughs> Are you sure you're
2: doing it right?
0: Prob- I'm probably posting to some other completely random other podcast. Possibly. Oh, Some other shit. dangerously unprepared group. <laughs> oh there twitch.tv slash dangerously unprepared tv slash twitch <laughs> <laughs> right this is the mistake i've been making
2: right clearly all order and sentences breaking down so it only remains for me to say because we didn't do the proper opening so let's do the proper closing
0: should we do the proper oh, opening as well to dangerously unprepared
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah we didn't do that bit Did we not? Uh, so no i forgot because uh, otherwise, we would have um, continued to mock Rob for not being here. That is and, true. We did And we didn't. Uh, he is actually out of the escape room, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he was meant to join us last week, and then I couldn't. And then this week, he's rehearsing because he is one of those theatrical types. So he he will be rejoining us when he can.
1: Hooray!
2: No idea when that is. Yes,
3: yeah, so you, uh, but... you went
1: you went to the the internet starved starved for Scotland.
2: I did, I did, and it was lovely it was a lovely restful week mm. uh, but it did make it hard to stream so anyway, uh, join us next time when we may or may not have a Rob, but I shall certainly be there and I hope you two will join me. Oh yes
1: we will and continue to talk then, about
2: horror Yes, you have been listening to Dangerously Unprepared. I have been Simon
1: I have been Jack
0: and I have been Kyrie. Spooky! Goodbye!
3: Bye! Good boo!